Hi, this is Darren Doctorman, one half of the Inglorious Trexperts, and I just want to tell you to get ready for season two. Yes, I know you just finished listening to season one, but it's only a week later, and here we are. It's season two already. So join us because we have a lot of fun with Star Trek, and hopefully you will too. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a Star Trek fan, you should check out my new science fiction TV show, Pandora, airing every Tuesday on The CW or anytime on The CW app. Check it out. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rebel and the Rogue podcast, a Star Wars Nothing but Star Wars podcast. My co-pilot, who I hope he never gets tired of me doing that, because I feel like I've done that every time I've <laughs> introduced this podcast. Not once. There, there's never been a moment where I've thought, well, actually, yeah, there's been one or two moments I've thought, but it's fantastic to to be here to have you singing that. Oh, great. Thanks. Is my co-pilot, Jason Tobias. How are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited for this show. This Are is you cool. Really? This is cool. This is this is like an alternate kind of uh, way things could play out show. I like this. this yeah, is yeah. Because cool on this show today, we're going to be doing the top ten things we would alter and change from the Star Wars films, and that's all of them: the prequels, the originals, even going into the new trilogies here. Yeah, yeah. We're missing one of those films, but you know, we can kind of see where things are going. But you know, what do we what do we think? What would we change? What, what would we, we do change? different? Just some thoughts, you know. The inspiration comes from if you, uh, the viewers at home, have ever seen how it should have ended, which is a famous, famous uh, YouTube channel where it's hilarious. They animate hilarious. and they just alter the things that like. Eh, this just would have worked better. It's almost just a commentary on just like plot holes mm-hmm, that happen. Mm-hmm. It, like, for instance, a great example, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. The biggest critical thing that Lord of the Rings get is why didn't they just use the eagles to fly them over to the Mount, to Mount Doom and just drop the <laughs> ring in there? And they did that. They did that. It's like, oh, look, guys, this was so easy. We did this in a day. Yeah, one of us could have died yeah. if we had trekked there. Yeah. Is, isn't it, you know, I call this kind of like the Monday morning producer talk where you're like, I would have done it this way. But again, this you know, hat, made more sense. Exactly. Hats off to everybody who creates their own stories and original stories. Um, but these are thoughts and ideas that we had of the Star Wars saga from episode one to episode eight. Episode nine will be coming out, you know, soon. But um, I did I did really enjoy some of those How It Should Have Ended that yeah, we watched. They They're were great. Hilarious. Because, and, and of course, when you see them, you're going, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, d- that would have that made more totally sense. That totally made more sense. I mean, if Frodo and everybody just hopped on those eagles and just flew over all the battles and all the, the strife and the yeah. terrible geography. And yeah, I mean, they would have been like, what, first, that's like first class in, in what is, what is that called? Lord of the Rings, that world, is it Middle Kingdom, Middle Earth? Middle, Middle Earth. Earth? Middle, Middle Earth. Earth. Sorry, Lord of the Rings fans, what I call it, Middle Kingdom? Yeah, you, you did. I don't know where you got that. Probably from a video game app because there's Probably. a lot of those kingdom games. Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Comes, Kingdom... Something, something. Kingdom of all kingdoms. Yeah, no, it's... But fun fact really quick. The So when people sit there and go, why didn't they just use the eagles? 
They have come out, Tolkien fans have come out and said, well, if you've read the books, in the books, they actually go and talk to the Eagles, and the Eagles are like, you know what? We're Switzerland and Canada. We're not getting involved. Neutral. They were just neutral. They did not want to be involved. They only hmm. came out to help Gandalf and do a couple of favors, like, Gandalf, we'll do this for you. We'll rescue you from the tower. But that's it, all we're doing. Okay, fine, we'll come and help you find these poor little hobbits that are dying on the mountain. But we really just don't want to get involved past that. Really? And this was in the books? Yeah, it was in the books. I wonder why, because it seems like a pretty pretty obvious plot hole now that we look at it. I wonder why they didn't have that scene or maybe a scene of that in the film. Have you seen the extended editions of Lord of the Rings? You know, I did. Recently, I did see it. Uh, and they're they're pretty extensive. Yeah. They, there was a lot of stuff they cut out. Those uh-huh. were long movies. I know. They're they're tit- like three Titanics in a yeah. row. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Those are the only versions I watch now. But circling back around to mm-hmm. how it should have ended, mm. it's, that's the inspiration behind this episode. So now we are going to go through... Jason has five, I myself have five, and we're just going to go through what we would have changed and why. And this, guys, this is not bashing on Star Wars. This is just a critique. This is just like, you know, creativity kind of flowing. This is just, if we were the filmmakers, here's what we would have done. And that's it. Jason, start (laughs) us off. All right, here's my number five. We'll count down from five to one. Okay. My number five would be, when we start off in episode one, I wouldn't have Anakin being so young. Okay. I I feel like a little bit of the disconnect that I had with episode one was seeing him as young as he is when they find him, and then the relationship that we see blossoming between him and Padme at the time. You know, clearly we have Jake Lloyd as being maybe nine or ten years old, and uh, Natalie Portman was maybe 20 at that time, but they're supposed to be respectively, I think, like nine and 14 or nine and 15. It was a little tough to buy into. It was a little hard. I would jump right into it. At the top of episode three, I love the opening shot of that, how we are just falling right into the war. I would start episode one off, we are at the head of a battle in the Clone Wars. I would go right to the top of the Clone Wars. Episode one, we're on the battlefield. There is a platoon. There is... There is just somebody being taken out on a planet. We don't know what's happening, what's going on, but Mm -hmm. a Jedi falls during that time. And then we see a young soldier basically pick up the lightsaber. How young are we talking? We're talking early teens. No, no, mid to late teens. We're saying between 16 to 18. Okay. So I would find- Almost a man. Almost a young man. I would introduce Anakin a little bit older. I would even introduce him similar to what we have of episode four, A New Hope, with Luke coming in at being 18. And then we kind of have, you know, what George Lucas likes about poetry and circular things coming back around. Yeah. Yeah. Where Yoda thinks he's too old to be trained. We find Anakin on the battlefield because what he does is, and this is kind of mirroring what a lot of young gentlemen did in the early World War I and World War II, they enlisted into the wars under false pretenses. They would take brothers and cousins' birth certificates and they would enlist at like 15 and 16 years old and they would pass themselves off as being like 17, 18, 19, or 20. Mm. So Anakin pretty much kind of weaseled his way, if you way, weaseled his way, if you will, into being a part of this garrison. And he does this amazing feat right off the bat of episode one. And Obi-Wan happens to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, another another battling garrison or platoon happens to pick up on this. And that is our introduction right off the head of episode one. You find Anakin, Anakin finds Obi-Wan, and we are already kind of right in the middle of this. And that's when the relationship starts to blossom. So overskipping Liam Neeson's character, Qui-Gon. No I, special sets of skills. Yeah, you know, I don't think I would introduce Qui-Gon because... In my opinion, Qui-Gon was kind of a toss away. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was just there to show that this is why Obi-Wan is headstrong. This mm-hmm. is why Obi-Wan is the way that he is. Uh, this is why Obi-Wan is, is, is a little bit of a loose cannon at times. He's quirky, he's zany. He still follows the lore and the followings and the teachings of the Jedi, but he's not 
the, the straight and narrow guy. I think that's what Qui-Gon's character was, Liam Neeson. He, he's a great character. He's a father figure. He's a mentor figure. And he does that for not only Obi-Wan, but he is there for Anakin too. I just feel like Obi-Wan should be that because as the next films start to play out, and I'll go into this as well as we go down our list, let that relationship kind of build. Oh, you're kind of going into my number five. All right. Which is the it. which is the more bromance. Okay. Going kind of piggybacking off what you were saying. Like having Qui-Gon there to me, I think, took away from valuable screen time for me to want to grow and like Obi-Wan and Anakin as a bromantic pair, if you will, because going back to the original trilogies when Alec Guinness is Obi-Wan is talking about, oh, I knew your father, we were close. It was really hard for me to lose him. I never got that in the prequels because there was, even in episode two, Anakin and Obi-Wan are separated most of that movie. Yeah. And then when episode three happens and they have that fight, and again, they're separated most of that movie too, and he, like, Ewan McGregor does a great job of, like, breaking down, going, yeah, with a thousand one. I loved you, Anakin. (laughs) I, as an audience member, was like, when? Yeah. When? When when was this when was this happening? Because I feel like you were annoyed by him the entire time, just kind of like how I was. Sorry. <laughs> like, but if you, like, going back to you introducing Anakin and Obi-Wan earlier, like, Anakin's older and he gets trained by Obi-Wan, I want to see him, kind of like Yoda with Luke, training Anakin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. disciplining Anakin, getting close with him, taking him on adventures, which is why, you know, going back to another episode we did about the Clone Wars, it's one of my favorite things is I saw a relationship being built, which will make it even more tragic when Anakin goes Darth Vader. Yeah. 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 That, that it's It really does. I mean, and we have, and obviously there there's a numerous amounts of, um, you know, ancillary content out there. There's a there's a comic book series called Obi-Wan and Anakin. There is the Clone Wars, which we do delve into that. And in the defense of obviously a theatrical run of a film being out there, you don't have a ton of time sure. to show a story. But you can at least introduce it and explore it a lot more. You can at least put it as a focal point of maybe we dial back a little bit of the politics that mm-hmm. we're going on and we focus more on what? the relationships yeah. and let the politics be a B or C storyline and let the relationship be the A storyline that we follow because that's why we get attached. Yeah, and, and exactly. And that's why in episode three when Anakin fell and they were having this big, huge battle, I was waiting for it to get over with. I was like, I feel like this battle is just happening now to show off how lightsaber battling techniques have just grown and evolved since mm-hmm. the Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, when you had your showdown with Luke and Vader, that was their second time they had a showdown when there was more emotional Wait, so I was feeling the trepidation of like now they're aware of father and son techniques, and there was just a lot more at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt more on edge of on the edge of my seat because of it. Never felt that way because I never got that initial relationship of Obi Wan and Anakin. Yeah, and what uh, like curious, what kind of what kind of adventures would you have them going on? Like, would you have them just kind of dealing with the Clone Wars right off the top, or would they be going off and doing, like, special missions for the Jedi? Like, what would you do? No, I mean, you could, in a sense, I would almost mirror what they, what Anakin and Ahsoka did um, in the Clone Wars, is nice. I would just kind of transfer some of those adventures into Obi-Wan and Anakin, because, again, it's mirroring, like, Anakin's still young. Mm-hmm. He's learning. He's learning how to be a Jedi in the middle of Clone Wars, and Obi-Wan is having to deal with... Jedi are supposed to be peaceful, but we're thrown into this war. And then kind of throw in that conflict of like, well, if we're supposed to be peaceful, why are we generals in this war? Why is this a necessary war? Which is a very popular coin phrase that people use in World War II to try and justify why it's a necessary war. 
And again, Star Wars is heavily influenced by World War II. Yeah, great so, point. Yeah. So they could have just coined, and that would have resonated with so many people in the 70s that were like retired vets and like still had World War II in, in them. Like they still had those memories that never went away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would have just felt... Well, seventies and yeah, this came. The prequels came out in the nineties. Yeah, they were still around. Yeah. Like you could have tapped yeah, into that for sure, for sure. And what's interesting too that you bring up is um, imagine this relationship kind of blossoming the way that you're pitching it here. Of you know, you've got Obi Wan finding Anakin. The bromance is kind of building more. They're 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 mirroring more of the Anakin Ahsoka relationship from the Clone Wars, where mm-hmm. you've got mentor teacher kind of vibe. Yep. But then you've also got what happens. I think, and it's very relatable. If you're handling a multitude of jobs. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is a general. Obi-Wan is a Jedi master on the council. Obi-Wan is also trying to mentor a young man. He's also trying to train a young man. Like anything, you when you're spinning that many plates, something's going to fail. Something's going to falter. Yeah, so, gonna... so it makes sense that maybe the training that he's giving Anakin, that's a reason why Anakin doesn't fully realize his potential. Or maybe it's a reason as to why Anakin kind of dips into what we might lead into is the dark side, you know, mm-hmm. because he, these these powers are coming out. The, he's starting to understand them and they're starting to flesh themselves out. But it's almost as if absentee father comes to mind. Like mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's kind of like the absentee dad. Like he finds this kid. He's late, young, young teenager. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult. You know, he's he's got so much on his plate. You know, he's handling skirmishes on different planets and different worlds and whatnot. And then how do you be all of these things? You know, how do you do all those things? And also, too, going back to, like, if you ever watch any World War II documentaries about men and how they changed in war, like, like at at a certain point, you are losing a sense of your humanity because you were around so much life or death situations. And the Clone Wars is a great opportunity to explore Anakin saying, well, I don't understand why we have to maintain peace and why aren't we even trying to tap into the dark side? Because look at how much death I'm seeing every single Mm. day in this. that's That's a really cool point. And also, to kind of ride that a little bit with you, it's great to think about him wanting more power. Like you can see Anakin becoming power hungry because to him, it's almost like the quick fix, right? It's like, well, why aren't we using these other abilities? Why aren't we using these powers? Because I can wipe these people out quicker if I do this. And then you've got conflicting ideology going on. You've got teenager to dad kind of like uh, vibes happening, or we'll call it little brother, big brother happening. And, you know, that can create some really cool conflict between the characters of, you know, Anakin starting to show and, 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 release some of these these mm-hmm. these abilities with the dark side of the force and obi-wan's getting nervous about it because he's maybe taking out um droid garrisons on different planets and you know things are happening he's getting reports back that anakin's doing some unbelievable things but uh, some of the reports are coming back that he's even being more vicious than he should and right. anakin's going well what's the problem we're supposed to do this right yeah and actually to mirror and again don't keep to keep mentioning World War II, but it's so easy right now to do it. It's kind of the same argument people had about the atom bomb, whether to use it or not, because mm. it's so powerful. And there's like, oh, my God, that's so much death. But then there's that argument that Anakin could have like, yes, but isn't that the point? The more power we get, the sooner we get in this war, the sooner mm-hmm. we can save our people. Aren't we supposed to be saving our people and taking out these guys? Yeah. It's a very good conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, great stuff. Great stuff. What's your number four? Numero quattro for me is I would have Anakin fall in the second film. 
episode two. Okay. I would have him fall close to the end of the second film because what you really do is instead of starting the Clone Wars in episode two, again, I in my number five, I Jumping say we ahead. start off with the Clone Wars. We're at the we are in the middle of the Clone Wars already. We can get our our quick download from maybe it's like, you know, the Jedi Council have, has a meeting or something in episode one. And then now we know why we're in the middle of this thing. Okay. Episode two, we have Anakin fall. Looking at the three-act structure of how stories kind of play out and Mm -hmm. also looking at how the original trilogy played out, we end on a down note of episode two. Mm -hmm. So my pitch to that would be throughout what we see in episode two is Anakin has met all the major players in episode one. He has now been kind of hip-pocketed, if you will. That's an entertainment turn of somebody not necessarily being signed to a contract, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of under the wing of other people. So Anakin has been hip-pocketed by the Jedi in episode one. But that's clearly creating a a resentment for him. But by the start of episode two, he has now been kind of brought into the fold. He's a Jedi Knight now. Mm -hmm. So we've had a little bit of time passage. Is he married in episode two? Yeah. We'll have him with Padme at that point. He's married with uh, with Padme in episode two. We would introduce Padme in episode one. And I wouldn't just have her be a senator in episode one. I'd have her be a badass star pilot. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it'd be awesome to see Padme as like this ass-kicking star pilot that's out there. That like she's out there, you know, handling um, different skirmishes with the separatists on other planets and things like that to where... Yes, I love that she's got like the political base and she's she's got, you know, we've got Anakin being this force user and she's political and we've got these two headstrong people coming together. But I like them being two fighters because she's fighting for the Republic. Anakin's pushing for the Republic. But then even as she's starting to shift and say, are we even fighting for the right thing anymore? The same thing anymore. Mm -hmm. He's like, we're both soldiers. What are we doing? You know, soldiers that have differing ideology is a really cool conflict to play with. So in the second episode, I would have Anakin fall towards the end of it. And I don't know if I would have the fall be between Obi-Wan and Anakin. I think I would have it happen off screen. It would happen off screen to where Obi-Wan does not see Anakin oh. fall to the dark side. He, we would just get I reports mean, back. I still see him on screen go to the dark side, yes. but Obi-Wan would not know it was Exactly, him exactly. Gotcha. So we would just get reports back. Obi-Wan would hear... Anakin died. Anakin fell in battle. But is he still falling to the dark side for the same reason? He's afraid that Padme's going to die or something like that? I think I think the thing with Padme dying is, is a romantic idea. Mm-hmm. I just think the execution of it was a little muddy. It, mm-hmm. it got a little muddy for me. So I would have it be a power-hungry struggle. Okay. I would still keep the fact that he never found out that he had children. I would not let him find out that Padme was pregnant. Because when he falls in the second movie, I would have the cliffhanger of the second movie be... Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin is dead. Padme, Padme releases the information that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. So that now we're going, oh man. We're, 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 left, we're left on a downswing of like Anakin's gone. Mm-hmm. But then that's what I would do in episode two there. What's your number four? My number four, um, well, <laughs> speaking of Anakin uh, and Padme. Yeah, I would, I, would rec- I would recast one or the other actors in that. So so either Hayden Christensen or Natalie Portman. I don't know if I would recast both or recast just one of them, but to me, if you are going to going back for like the you know, the battle of dark side, light side, um, if you are gonna have such a central focal point be Anakin's relationship with Padme, I need to believe in that relationship. I need to believe and care about that romantic relationship and the way uh, their romantic relationship was executed in all three of those movies. I never bought it. It was it was like the actors, first off, I agree with you, it's weird. 
he's a boy and she's clearly 20 or something like that. And it's like, ah, I'm not going to believe that these these two are going to be a couple at all. And then you get to episode two and there was, you can, and you, everyone can tell, you don't have to be an actor or an artist to just, chemistry is chemistry. Mm. And it's just an organic, natural human thing. If you don't have any chemistry, I am not going to buy that you would sacrifice everything go to the dark side for this one chick mm-hmm. if i don't believe that you love her and i don't believe that she loves him I, there was this dialogue that they said together in episode three that was so bad and i will go into it more in another episode about the romance of star wars but it was like you are so beautiful that's because i'm in love no it's because i'm so in love with you the love has blinded you then it was terrible it was absolutely you didn't buy it no you were blinded by the dialogue <laughs> Oh, it just took me out of it. I couldn't wait for them to die. Didn't work for I couldn't wait for him to get into that Darth Vader suit. I couldn't wait for her to just get off a screen and never come back because it just, it wasn't working. And if you, again, if you want me to give a shit Mm. about Anakin falling to the dark side for love. Mm, That sounds like something else. It does sound like something else, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of the point of like his fear and his attachment to her in the original scripts and the original movies is for Padme. And I don't buy the relationship, then I'm not going to give a shit. Yeah. You're not emotionally invested. No, you know, I'm if, not. If you're not buying into the relationship on screen, you're not emotionally invested. Bev, you bring up a great point about chemistry. Sometimes yeah. on screen, it's there. Sometimes on screen, it's not there. Mm-hmm. And if we're supposed to get attached emotionally to characters, we need to see them struggle. We need to see them be in love. We need to see them go through these things. We need to see conflict. We need to see change. We need to see all of these things happen. And the forbidden aspect of it, great on paper. Love it. Everyone loves a forbidden relationship. It causes so much drama and turmoil. Yeah, bittersweet, can't be together. Bitters- oh, should we or should we yeah. not? Everyone loves that. Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? Yeah, yeah. D- it, ju- it just didn't work for no, you. No, I mean, Do nobody's you- really watching my me clenching my teeth right now, but it just irks <laughs> she's, me. She's very animated, people. She's I'm very, very animated. animated about this. It's like, oh, my God. Just, just in the, like, seriously, somebody should have been recast. Gotcha. gotcha. So, yeah, I guess that leads me to a question of, do you think that if it was one or the other or would you do both? Like, would you recast both actors or do you think it was just one or the other wasn't wasn't giving you what you needed? Or... I mean, I'll be honest, I would re- recast both of them. I would have recast. With... I would just have gotten two different people to play Padme and Anakin. Would you have gone with unknowns? Because, I mean, people I use people use the word unknown. And for everybody out there, if you don't know what the term unknown means. Unknown is typically a, a term that's a term in Hollywood that means they're not a household name. They're not somebody that you can right off the top of your head rattle off. Oh, I like them in this movie. Or I've seen them them in this movie. By episode three, you'd obviously seen Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman in you know Natalie in three films, Hayden in two. But unknown means you have probably never seen this person right. hardly at all. But mm-hmm. there's also a gray area to that to where they might not they might not have major credits. They might have done some stuff. You just haven't seen them on a series regular on a show or multiple films. I would argue Daisy Ridley was an unknown playing she Ray. An unknown, she yeah. had like a couple of co-star parts on a on a few TV shows in the UK and then she was Ray in Star Wars. I mean I was I was I was Same psyched. thing I think with Finn. I think he only had like a couple of credits. Boyega had a hit indie film called Attack the Block. Okay. And that film right there was it was it was a cult hit. It, it was by uh Simon Pegg and who's his partner? Oh I love Simon Pegg. Um, Don't know. Uh, his his other buddy. But it's it's a very cool film, uh, a lot of fun. Um but yeah he's he's the lead in that. 
So that's where I remembered him from when they said John Boyega is going to be Finn in Star Wars or FN two one eight seven. I was like, oh, from Attack the Block. So again, it's it's an indie film. It had mm-hmm. a strong cult following, but yeah, the unknown thing is is something I've even brought up in the past. There's a film out there called Jupiter Ascending by the Wachowskis that visually it is stunning. It is a stunning film to watch. It's beautiful. The The visual effects are gorgeous. The story is very grandiose. It's very fantastical. Isn't the one with Mila Kunis? Mila Kunis, Channing oh, Tatum. no. I think Sean Bean, uh, I, be, I believe, it's not Jamie Bell. Who played, who is in Eddie the, Redmayne? Eddie was Redmayne, it? thank yeah. you. Oh my God. Um, but yeah. Terrible. You know what didn't work for me in that film? And this is just something that is a personal opinion. When I see name actors doing certain properties, and this is just an infection of of seeing people work a lot. A lot of those actors that we just mentioned, they're working pretty regularly. We're seeing them in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm now starting to attach them to a lot of properties that they've been in. Mm-hmm. So when I saw them in that film, again, it was a pretty far out there concept, pretty original, pretty wild, but cool, different. But now I'm like, okay, so that's Channing Tatum from like, you know, the dance movies and like, oh, Magic he's Mike. in G.I. Joe and Magic Mike. And, but now he's like a weird hybrid werewolf thing. Okay. And dude, I get it. Channing's doing his thing. He's out there. He's working. He's hustling. He wants to play other characters. More power to him. But it almost was tough to see him in that. Right. Same thing with Mila Kunis, uh, you know, Eddie Redmayne. Uh, I would have enjoyed the movie more, I believe, with unknowns because yeah. I could have just kind of bought into the story a little bit better. Um but just going back to your 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 issue with it is you would have just gone with two unknowns. Um, it would have been a bold move for Star Wars. I mean, bold move. Those are those are your linchpins going through the I whole mean, thing. Technically speaking, the original trilogy, Mark Hamill was an unknown. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Fisher, her claim to fame was her mom, mm-hmm. and Harrison Ford had True. been in one movie besides then. Uh, like so, they were very much unknowns. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the Star Wars thing to do, and. I, I honestly, I probably wouldn't have cared if they were names or unknowns as long as it worked. As long as their chemistry, wanted, I wanted just to, you wanted, wanted to feel it. I wanted to feel it, and I yeah. never did. Did you? Did you? Quick question. Did you feel it at all at any point? Was there ever a point where you're like, you know what, I'm never. kind of feeling? Not even a, not even a little bit. No. Not even Especially a twinge. With that dialogue. No. Not even a twinge. Not even a burn, a spark in the no, heart. No, not even when that I I. Remember in episode two, and you could tell that it was lit to be intense and sexual mm-hmm. tension when he's like seducing her. You are in he, my very soul, and yeah, like the fires yeah. in the background. Like, and like yeah. I felt like he was kind of creeping on her when she's just like like moving away when he's on the. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't see. It wasn't do this, a good guys. look. It was like, a good look. It never worked. He's like, oh, I ache, I burn, and mm. like, get away, man! Like, you tell me that's not good dialogue. Bev, if a Jedi hit on you that way, you would not be on board. It would depend on the execution of that, man. <laughs> okay. The execution of that was terrible. I think the dialogue itself, like, again, we could use uh, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford as an example. There was some really cheesy dialogue that they both made work really well. They did. Because they had that chemistry, which we'll talk about in another episode. Yeah. But, but like, no, man. Didn't do it. No, never. Never. I, I fast forward through those things. In fact, I fast forward through most of the prequels until we get to the Yoda fighting scene because that's fun. Um, <laughs> All right. Moving All right. on down. What's your number three? Number three. Um, well, now we're moving out of uh, we're moving out of the prequels. Oh, and we are. I still have one for the prequels. You have one for the prequels. Do you want to tell me your number sure. three? Sure. It's Go uh, for it. less CGI, more practical effects. Oh, I'm totally on board. Yeah, I totally think on board. 
I think George Lucas was like, oh, look at all the CGI technology. I'm just going to use that now and show how forward-thinking Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. And what happened? I felt like I was watching a video game. I said this in another episode. Mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. like I was watching a video game. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to believe the world existed. Yeah. There's, there's a really interesting article that um, I don't know if these guys were the pioneers of it, but it came out... It was a 2010, something like that. But the guys who did, did you ever see Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Very kind of uh, noir looking, very oh, yeah. like Cinematography 20s, 30s. Was great. Yeah. You know, uh, Angelina Jolie, Jude Law, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth you Paltrow. know, um, but it had that um, Humphrey Bogart, the Maltese Falcon, that noir mm. 30s kind of feel to it. But it, but ah, it see? had other and ha, see how you oh. doing, see? Oh, sweetheart. Yeah, but it had this cool sci-fi vibe to it as well. Fun film, a lot of fun. Check it out. Comic book, I think even. Yes, it is based off a of comic oh, book. Oh yay! Point one for <laughs> me in this right. corner, Rebel. Rebel, Rebel One. Rebel um, One, me. So the the filmmakers of that, I believe, I don't know if they were brothers, but maybe they were just buddies or friends. But the technology that they used for that. I want to say that Lucas Zemeckis, Robert Rodriguez, and James Cameron all met with them at Lucas's place in Marin County in the Bay Area because these guys were able to do with that film mm-hmm. something either with the technology of shooting minimal, minimal practical things, but making this world look extremely grandiose. Now, the reason that everything has that kind of like soft glow out of focus look in the film of Sky Captain is obviously it's, it's an aesthetic choice for the cinematography to have it look like a kind of older film. But it's also because the technology at that time, you really couldn't show a whole hell of a lot of detail to. Mm-hmm. So by giving it that soft glow, having things kind of not really sharp in the foreground and very soft, almost bokeh back in, in the background, you give it that feel of, okay, it's it's an older kind of look, but you, you're more forgiving with yeah. the visual effects. I want to say that a lot of what those guys did, though, really influenced a lot of other major filmmakers and yeah. said, wow, you guys pulled something off because, again, a production on that level of doing, you know, the Titanic, of doing some of the stuff Robert Rodriguez Great has done, movie. even Zemeckis, you know, um, I think Zemeckis was there, too, at, at the meeting. But, you know, it, it's a lot of money. Practical stuff is a lot of money. And I do love practical but I agree. In the prequels, we just got we got too heavy-handed with it. Everything felt actors were just comped in. You know, there was VFX set extension everywhere. You know, maybe they walked through an they opening. They looked photoshopped that was built. in, even. Yeah, it was. It was just you know, Lucas wanted to play in that world of just being able to have these expansive, unbelievably large worlds of like walking through the halls of the Jedi Temple. And I, I, I can see it in my mind, and you know, I can see what's on screen. But you are, you're kind of pulled back a little bit. You see it, you know, and you go, oh man, why do they, why do they kind of look off? But I see where he's, where he wanted to go. Yeah. And if he thought he was, I don't, I don't know if it came from a place of saving money though, because again, it's not like Star Wars didn't have the money to go and build these grand halls. This is a good point. I mean, it's not like this is an indie film where it's like, man, you know, it'd be really great to have this big, huge Jedi cathedral. It's going to take a lot of money. Let's just computer animate it. Like, it's Star Wars. You can do whatever you want. You have $14 billion worth of just merchandise. It's a couple bucks. Yeah, that's a couple. Like, take that $3 million check that you got from just one year and be like, I'm going to use these millions of dollars to just build these sets so they're 
amazing, and then you can make tours out of them later. Yeah. So you can even make money off the tours because that's what uh, Harry Potter does. Smart. There's studio tours where you can go and see the Great Hall and Hagrid's Hut and Diagon Alley. They left it up because they're like, you know what? These sets cost a lot, but you know what we can do after they're done? We can charge people to come see it. Smart. Same I mean, thing with a uh, Hobbiton in New Zealand. That's still the Shire. Is, is it all still up? It's all still up. Cool. You can go and be in Middle Earth. Yeah. It's a genius marketing move. George Lucas should have kept some of those sets. Yeah. People would have. Well, now we've got Star Wars Land, yeah, Galaxy's I mean. Edge. You know, what I mean, because now you can go be in Star Wars. Sure, it's just not the actual sets. Right. True. 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 There, there is a certain, uh, the certain amount of gravitas that comes with like, I am in Mos Eisley, yeah. or you know, I am in the throne room, the Emperor's throne room. For sure, I think it's. It's a great idea. It's oh, fantastic. Even Lord of the Rings has like helicopter tours in New Zealand where you can go to the actual locations that wow. they shot in. And it's like you have to kind of camp in some of these locations too because they, they're so desolate and out there from civilization. But yeah. if you have the money, and people do spend the money if they're Lord of the Rings fans, they'll go out there, they'll get in that helicopter, and they will go the like the tour guides will be like, hey, this is where they got attacked by the orcs. This is mm, where mm. Um, Eowyn went and stabbed the Night King. Or not the Night King. Um, You're thinking of Thrones. I am. Sorry. It's Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones kind of bleed in for me but because they're <laughs> both very similar. But anyways, yeah, I mean, there's money to be had. Anyways, yeah. moving on to yours because now that was my last thing about the prequels. The prequel trilogy. Um. Okay, so we're moving into the original trilogy. My my number three, correct? Yeah, you're my number, number three? three. Okay, my number three. I would have Luke falling to the dark side in episode six. I would. But here's, I know, I hear that long breath. Here's where I would also change some things about Leia. Mm-hmm. I would change them up big time. I would play up more of her reveal of being a Skywalker earlier on. I would have that happen in episode five, in Empire. I would have that reveal starting to actually come to fruition as well of maybe instead of her being on Cloud City and saving Luke, maybe she went after him on Dagobah. Maybe there was some kind of digital trail that she followed so that when Luke leaves Dagobah and goes to save her, his friends, maybe he didn't know that Leia left. And obviously there's a lot of retooling that has to go on because the whole reason that Luke left his Jedi training early from Yoda was because he had the vision of needing to go save his friends. But I would just have something happening in five that lets us know that Leia needs to kind of blossom more into owning the Skywalker lineage. She finds out that she's a Skywalker Mm -hmm. so that when in six, in Return of the Jedi, when Luke falls to the dark side, when he's tempted by the Emperor, because again, his intent, his character is going to save his father, Mm -hmm. but he's tempted. He's failing like his father and his father's watching his own son fail and fall. But then who do you have come to the rescue and save him? Him being Anakin, Vader, Leia. Leia has now come to the rescue for this. So at the end of six, we have Leia being the redeeming character, her kind of like creating that that bond with her father, coming full circle of knowing mm-hmm. that who he is. Because I'm sure as a senator for Alderaan, she probably heard all about this menacing figure that was doing things, this enforcer for the Empire, this Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. She finds out that Vader is her father. That's a very kind of closed loop for me in episode six that I would like. But Luke falling at the end of six gives us a feeling of, wow, we saw this farm boy come from the sands of Tatooine with big hopes and big dreams of becoming a Jedi only to follow in his father's footsteps. But we do have an upswing at the end of six of Leia redeeming her father, the father redeeming himself by killing the emperor. 
But now we kind of lead ourselves into a pretty interesting, if we want to go beyond into episodes seven, eight, and nine. What happened to Luke if he fell? That I, would be something I'd change. I would maybe be intrigued by this if I think if if things had been different and George Lucas was like, I'm going to make a seven, eight, nine immediately after six. Mm. Because then that would have allowed for a lot of this uh, exploratory, exploratory, exploratory? Exploratory. Guys, I went to school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I can speak dialogue real well. Um I think we if I think if George Lucas had mapped out beyond episode six and done seven, eight, nine, which I think he did, but then I, I don't remember why it got dropped. Yeah, I think there was there was like rough notes, rough ideas, rough kind of like outlines of, hey, it could sort of be like this. And I think I th- it was Harrison Ford's fault. He's like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be this anymore. I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Well, he was initially uh, going to die in six. And I mean, there was a lot of fallout between the original producer, Gary Kurtz, and George Lucas over ideas of what episode six was going to be. You know, they it changed a lot. And therefore, Mark Hamill has even gone on the record as saying it was a lot like mom and dad divorcing, you know, because they they were they were a team. I mean, Gary was the one who got Star Wars financed, you know, for Lucas. And then then uh, he just didn't like the way that six was going. And then they parted ways. Well, I will say the the one thing I do agree with you on about I, I don't know if I would agree that Luke should have gone at the dark side because I like the idea of children saving the parents or like the son because they always say like children should evolve past you. They should be better mm-hmm. versions of you that you leave behind. I like the idea that he mirrored a lot of Anakin and then he was better than Anakin because he never went to the dark side. And I think that's because he had his sister. Mm. Anakin didn't have a sibling. but And that's where I agree with you that they should have used Leia more as a Skywalker. Like the dialogue in episode six that she had when it was like, I got something to tell you. You, you know, the force strong in my family. Father has it. I have it. And uh, my uh, sister has it. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, Oh, I know. I was like, what? <laughs> I've no. always known. Yeah. No, no. Because then if I were Leia, I'd be like, holy crap, that's our dad? Fuck, let's do this together. I'm not going to yeah. leave you. Like when she says, no, Luke, run far away. If he can feel your presence, leave this. What? No, yeah. I just, the handling of her and the force, Ah, even in The Last Jedi when they handled her and the force, I was like, ah, oh, come on, man. The first thing I would do if I was like, oh, I have a twin sister and she's got the force too. Sweet. Let me train her. Let's go together and like save our father together. But they never allowed her to have a father-daughter relationship, which knowing what we know about or what we should, I should say, know about Anakin and and Padme is if you did bring in that female aspect of like not only do you have a son but you have a daughter and that daughter looks like her mom that would have been so influential to Vader to see him a, a person of him uh, a carbon copy of himself and a carbon copy of the woman he fell to the dark side for just both coming and saying dad mm-hmm. come back mm-hmm. yeah. yeah then that I feel like that would have been powerful Especially yeah. to see Leia use some Force stuff, that would have been great. No, she just, Carrie Fisher always jokes about it. She always used to joke about it. She's like, yeah, Leia feels things. She goes, and that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody out there, you didn't see it. She just did a great, great impersonation. Carrie, great Carrie Fisher, impersonation. Fisher, rest in peace. I love fantastic. her so much. Her opinion about uh, the, the Force and the way she was handled is really funny. Yeah. She's really funny. So, yeah, I mean, I do agree with you on Yeah, that. I just wanted to see something, you know, I wanted to see something a little more, 
I don't mind non-happy endings. And I know that we want to see happy endings. I know that we want to feel hope and we want to feel rejuvenated. And I think there are films that do that. And there are films that make you kind of be very self-reflective. And I think we still get that if we have Luke falling and if we have Leia saving her father. I think I think we still get that. I just wanted to have a little more to chew on so yeah, that so that in seven, eight, and nine, that can be Luke's redemptive arc throughout those movies. If they were going you to know, make them, I some, might have bought into like, this. For, like that. I mean, yeah, I know. I we can agree and disagree. Like I, of course, I'm, we I'm can. with I'm with of you course. most of the way of, on that. Um, but again, I think where it doesn't work is that there was not never going to be a seven, eight, nine. So, yeah, who knows? so you needed who knows? to, and I thought Star Wars was a bittersweet ending in a sense. Like he finally saved his father, and then his father dies. Yeah. Oh, Hold on, Dad. Let me take this breathing apparatus off you. Oh, that killed you. Well, he was already gonna die. But <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But did you ever see those jokes or those gags? Yeah. Where people were, not to make fun of anybody that's on a breathing device, but there was this gag. Get out. <laughs> I know. I know. But there was this gag video I saw once of you know you know there are these medical droids on the Death Star and they're like. This is how you stay alive. Never take this off outside of a hyperbaric breathing chamber. And then it cuts to like Luke taking it off. And he's like, oh, and he just dies. But dad. Dad. Yeah. It just, you know. No, I thought it was a bittersweet ending, especially because I got teary eyed seeing that when he's like, tell your sister you were right. Yeah. It's like, you were right. Oh, but yeah. where was the sister? Why couldn't we have this yeah, family moment together? That would have been great. That would have yeah. been so good. Yeah. That would have been so, so good. Speaking of, oh, um, I think this is my number uh, uh, three. All right. I think. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Wait. Why do I have six listed here? Guys, I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, I have six listed when I should have <laughs> Maybe five. Maybe it's your two? No. Yeah, it's your two. No, because I had the more bromance, broadcasting, less VFX. Guys, we're really professional here. Yeah, like, we got this we dialed. We got this dialed We're down. dialed No, in. I definitely have six here, and I don't know why. We'll we'll get rid of one of them. Um, the, <laughs> the, the, the joke also on how it should have ended that I always love about Return of the Jedi is when the Emperor comes down and goes, Okay, do we have any exhaust ports? Any of them? He's like... No, sir. We just have a bigger opening here where spaceships can fly in. No exhaust ports. Great. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cuts. yeah. And there's, like, that's the weakest. I think that's the weaker. Well, I don't know. Like, not having Leia involved is pretty weak as well. But the dumbest, by far the dumbest thing about the Return of the Jedi is them making another Death Star and just making the whole like easier for them to take it out, much more easily accessible. You know. Here, here's something that I wonder if it got to a point, and we've heard people talk about this. Was nobody doing any kind of like story notes on this? Was yeah. nobody saying, "Hey, we kind of explored this a little bit already," and going back over certain story uh, elements ha- can has been done in the past, and it's very successful. It's mm-hmm. familiar for an audience. It's a quick, digestible download for them. They're already on board. They're like, "Oh yeah, they're battling another thing that was kind of like the thing and the other thing," you know. So they they're on board right away. But to literally go back to an almost carbon copy of it, yeah, you know, that's when you that's when you kind of go seriously, dude. Yeah, you know, I think that's where a lot of people got a little frustrated. Was the adventure still there? Was the swashbuckling still there? Was the anxiety and the tension and the, and the big cheering event in the end still there? Yes, of course. It With was teddy great. bears and all, man. Teddy bears dancing and around all. on every planet. But yeah, you know, you do wonder. I mean, did did nobody say, hey, we kind of we. It's kind of dumb. We, we kind of did this about uh, five years ago. Maybe only, maybe we should try something else. Let's just try something else. Not only that, but I'm supposed to fear the Empire, right? This makes mm. them look like idiots. How did these idiots 
take over an entire galaxy by just oh this doing Death the Star same thing doing the same yeah. thing yeah like I maybe on one hand I can kind of get that it's like no this was a perfect idea we just need to fix this one flaw that we had but they even make an even bigger flaw with that bigger opening where spaceships can now go in there and take out the reactor yeah because how big how big was the hole big enough to bullseye a womp rat it was like so many yeah. meters by so many meters yeah and you know the Millennium Fal- it's Millennium Falcon size hole now sir. yeah in the it's updated fine. version they're like don't worry about those uh, the, the exhaust vent port that was about the size of a basketball. Now we've got it the size of a football field. Yeah. So don't worry. You don't can worry fly something right in there. I suppose the one argument, counter-argument, because I could probably hear some Star Wars fans screaming, but it was still under construction. It wasn't finished yet. Right. That's why. Okay, man, but still, it was still in <laughs> the bro, blueprints. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, bro. Don't be mad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't be mad at me, dude. <laughs> It's good. It's so weird when I say it. No. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're, you're killing it. Am, you're I, killing am it. I one of the boys now? Oh, yeah. no, I can't. I have to be feminine. So here's the thing. So the, She flipped her hair. I flipped my hair. So, guys, the blueprints of it. No, I'm not going to talk about Don't that. Don't do that. Oh, be you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I needed to shake that off for a second. Fine. Fine. Like, sure, it was still under construction. Yeah. It was still dumb. It was a dumb. It's dumb. Didn't like, work for you. No, the the opening, the opening Millennium Falcon size that should not have even been in the blueprint. And there was more than the Falcon in there, wasn't there? An X-wing in there too. There was, a, there was like five or six ships went in there. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a parade. Yeah, there was, like they just were strolling just in, stampede in there. They're like let's just stroll on down. <laughs> yeah, many but, Bothans died. For did that. you hear the theory? Uh, this came out a little while ago about how there were multiple Death Stars being built in the galaxy at that time. Because again, like most uh, corporations, I guess you could argue and say that the Empire is a corporation. Sure. An evil one at that. Evil. Depending on your point of view. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, there is this ongoing running theory that, well, what if there were multiple Death Stars being built around the galaxy? Because again, the Emperor... Uh, did you ever see the movie Contact? Yes. And remember when they were building the machine and the, mach- yes. and the machine breaks and yep. then they're like, don't worry, the they Russians built another one. one. Yeah. And why build two when you can build them at twice the price kind right. of thing? So there was this theory that like there are multiple Death Stars being built around the galaxy. And just because these Death Stars were shown in episode four and episode six, well, the reason why is because it was like the super weapon that everybody thought was going to be the ultimate force right, in the you galaxy. Right, multiples. It's kind of like yeah. uh, with uh, the RMS... Uh, there was the Titanic, Britannic, and Lusitania. And were they not, all not roughly like, the same size? Yeah, they're all, it was like a carpet coming. Not the Lusitania, guys, I'm sorry. It was the Britannic, uh, Titanic, and I forgot the third one. That's it's how okay. important that one is. It's okay. um, Olympic, Olympic, ha-ha. Mm. I can keep my Titanic nerd card. Um, yeah, but it was like the, th- the three of them were built um, at once because they thought it was going to be this new model was going to be great and why have one when you can have three yeah yeah I mean hey sure maybe. I would have bought that as in a reason why there was another Death Star not oh that one blew up I guess we should build another one because the first one went so well yeah that's dumb anyways didn't moving work. on didn't work no didn't know. didn't work for you Bev okay my number two my number two yes Ready? I'm staying in the original trilogy Sure. Ah, we had these really, really awesome... No, it's kind of a mixture of original trilogy and sequel trilogy, and I will end in the sequel trilogy. But mine's a mixture of original trilogy, trilogy sequel, well, say, say, trilogy. <laughs> say it three times. Trilogy. He went to school, too. The original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. 
we have these really awesome characters that we get a quick glimpse of. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett, Captain Phasma. Oh, good. So I I wrote down yours as my six ah, months. This is great. Try to take yes. mine. No, I no, see, no. I, I was see. just very confused about why I had six things written down. All right. Go for it. So we have these characters that we get a glimpse of. You know, we get a glimpse of Boba Fett in uh, episode five. You know, he's going to hunt down Han Solo. And obviously we have a little bit more backstory of him in the prequel trilogy with Jango Fett and the clones and whatnot. But just going off, just going off the original trilogy of what we saw of him, you know, we see him battling a little bit, if you will. You know, he's he's doing his thing back and forth, and we see him in Jedi. But then he's off pretty quick. He's he's in and out. You know, he's 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 up and then he's down. He's in and out. Exit stage left. Falls in the Sarlacc pit, and the rest is history. There's a lot of fan theories about you know what could be, what would be, et cetera, et cetera. We've heard some theories out there. We uh, we actually heard a pretty awesome. We did. Pitch. We can't talk about it. Yeah, we can't say anything. Can't say anything. Can't say anything. We're like now our we're guests now. we're those people. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. this is cool. Yeah. Can't tell you. Can't tell you a thing. But it was very cool. Um, and then we have Captain Phasma in, you know, The Force Awakens and The Last yeah. Jedi. Again, another very cool character where, you know, On you're, paper, yes. you're seeing them. And, you know, visually they're very stunning and awesome and cool. And they're doing some pretty badass things. And then you're going, man, I want to I find out some more about them. I want to... Mm-hmm. And living within the structure of the feature film format and the saga films, you don't have... A ton of time, mm-hmm. totally understandable. But can we get more than six minutes of screen time? Yeah. You know, can we get a little more? Can we maybe have a side story going on instead of maybe going to I don't know a casino planet? Maybe we can have Phasma hunting down Rose and Finn. Um, Tell me you didn't like the casino planet. You I'm didn't just like... I'm just saying uh, maybe there could be a change there. <laughs> but uh, you know, just I I think we had a wasted opportunity. I okay. think we had a wasted opportunity with these two characters. They are they are fan favorites. Uh, you know, Gwendolyn Christie, great actress. She's awesome. fantastic on Game of Thrones. Oh man! And you know, her Phasma character is just really really cool you know a lot of questions but it's also just a waste of an actor's paycheck like she's a name now yeah, and the yeah, fact is because you barely saw her in fact I think you just saw her eye in The Last Jedi you yeah. really could have just put anybody in there you could have you really at this could have point, you like, heard her voice right you, you get her yes, voice a few times synthesized you could have yeah. been done a James Earl Jones and just bring in that person True. in the sound booth like I yeah. like to think if you're going to put her on set and have her do nothing literally yeah. Nothing besides fight maybe Finn and call him rebel scum. Yeah. 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 It just, it was not, it was not fully realized. No. You know, I mean, even with Boba Fett, same thing was not fully realized. And it just is too fast. It was, it was gone too soon. It was gone too soon. No. Oh, my heart. Hashtag too soon. Um, that was your number one, I believe. Uh, I'm actually switching my number two and my number one. That oh, was my did number you? two. That was your number two? That was my number two. Oh. Well, then I'm down to my number one, which means that you're going to end this out. My number one, which I feel like I've repeated myself on on, on several episodes about my feelings about Ray and how boring of a character she is to me, mm. to me. And listen, guys, we can all have different opinions. If you love Ray, good for you. I'm proud of you. Do your do you, boo. Do you. <laughs> do um, you, boo. Do you, boo. It's fine. We can have different opinions. Um, I understand from a marketing standpoint, per, from a production standpoint, from Disney needs to sell toys. Disney needs to ha- sell toys to girls. And they want to have a great Star Wars role model, kind of how, like, Leia is. Uh, I understand all of that. However... She's such a, for lack of a better term, and I'm pasty, guys. For those that can't see what I look like, I'm very porcelain white pasty. Ray's a very vanilla character to me. Mm. And if you, if to make her more interesting, uh, to kind of piggyback off of what my co-pilot said over here about turning Luke dark, 
turn Ray dark. Oh, I would I would turn Ray dark in I, uh, Last Jedi. You turn for her. love, even because that's love where it. they were going. I love it. Oh, do you? Do you love it? I do love it. Especially when they were having that weird, oh, we have a connection and we're talking yeah. to each other. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, can you put a shirt on? <laughs> like, shirtless Kylo. Shirtless Kylo. Right? You'll like, never be able Whoa. to unsee that. It is there in the brand. It is there in the brand. You know the story behind that, right? No. Uh, Adam Driver had been working out and stuff like that. And he's like, kind of buff. I mean, I'm, I'm fine being hey, shirtless. Man, like He gym, wanted bro. to show off his you. gun. I feel you, Adam. Get it. Get it. He definitely feels you guys. For those that can't see what my co-pilot looks like, he feels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a feely, touchy feely guy. I guess I don't know. No, I mean, he, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, God, I forgot you distracted me by the touchy feely. By my shirt. Actually, I'm shirtless right now, like Kylo Ren. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not. He, <laughs> I did joke that you probably should be at one point to just help our ratings. Like, Jason, there's going to be a moment where I just need you to be like, all right. Nope. Cut. Not happening. Not happening. Not going to happen. That's uh, fine. We'll make it. I'll make it happen for you one day, ladies. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it happen. <laughs> but I love I love the idea of her falling for love. I think it's a great, great. It's a great reason. You know, I mean, it's a great reason to have that conflict. It's a great reason for someone to fall for that. You know, it's not just she's mad and upset or she wasn't allowed to learn something or she was cut off from this or that. Like, it's a great reason. I mean, they were definitely teasing it because they were trying to make Luke, for lack of a better term, look like a jackass. Like, Mm. really, you tried to kill you. Luke Skywalker tried to kill Kylo Ren, which we won't go into that disaster of storyline development. Um, but it's like, it's like they were building up to it and then they just didn't follow through with it. It was like, I saw the idea there of like, she was sympathizing with Kylo. She was getting it. Oh, Mm, great. I understand. mm. I understand. But let me help you. Let me fix you. And then she realizes that he's right. And she's like, well, fuck this. The dark side isn't that bad. I'll do it with you. Would you, would you have Kylo stay dark? Oh yeah. Okay. So now we've got two dark Jedi. Remember there can only be two and they took out, spoiler alert, they took out Snoke. So if you haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Wow, no. interesting. Remember, there could only be two, and one of those two were lovers. Oof, a lover's quarrel, and oh. now they're battling for power. I like that. I mean, well, one's the master and one's the apprentice. Who would be the master, Kylo or Rey? I mean, I think they could switch depending on the day. I mean, whatever they're into, man. <laughs> Sounds like some interesting <laughs> foreplay in this relationship. It's like, all right, babe, which one you want to be the day? <laughs> the master or the apprentice? <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. So that's my number one. What's your what's your number one? My number one is oh my heart. My heart. Your heart will go on, I my promise. My heart will go on. Celine Dion, cue the music. Um I just <laughs> wanted a I wanted a uh I wanted a stronger send off for the original trilogy characters. Yeah, I agree. You know, I just I wanted something at the head of episode seven. I wanted them back in the saddle again, just real quick, just one time. The three of them together. Yeah, just together. One last time. Leia, Luke, and Han doing their thing in the thick of it and just, just give me that moment and then, you know, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm good. I got my 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 fan services out of the way. You gave me that moment. Introduce whoever you want to after that. But I just wanted to feel those guys back at it again. and. It, just, it felt very disjointed and disconnected to not even really have Luke Skywalker be a part of it until you just see him at the end of 7. And again, 
it's not so. that I, you can still make Star Wars movies with the Skywalkers in the background. Like, I never really understood the need to kill them off. Like, I understand, yeah. oh, maybe we don't want to make them the focal point, but I, I never understood the need of like, oh, man, with this trilogy, we better make sure we kill all these guys off. But if you are going to make that decision, then give give them their time mm-hmm. one last time. And then teach us how to say goodbye. Guys, I just threw a Hamilton lyric in there for you guys. For all of you that do, that uh, don't know what I'm talking about. Like my co-pilot, that was a Hamilton lyric. But it's a great awesome. lyric. Love Hamilton. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, I just haven't seen it. I yeah. just haven't seen it. That's the only thing. No, there's a, there's a lyric of one last time, teach him how to say goodbye. Mm. And it's a great, great lyric. And it's like, that's what I think Star Wars should have done with the, the original three. Yeah. What did, uh, tell everybody the thing that Mark Hamill pitched. I thought that was cool. About showing up. At oh, the end. I don't remember. You do it. I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. Well, it's, um, it's your so number one. Do it. Man. I, I think. I think he pitched this to JJ. Is that what it was? Didn't he pitch it to Abrams? Yes. Okay, so he pitched it to Abrams, and I think his spin on what happens is a lot of Episode Seven is going along the way that it is played out in the the version that we did get. But as we get close to the end in the Starkiller base and we're starting to see the group coming together and they're going in to save Ray, and Han is going off to confront Ben, a.k.a. Kylo, Luke shows up in a Stormtrooper outfit in disguise and then he reveals himself that he's, you know, kind of like hearkening back to that episode four. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to save you. You know, but it's kind of a play on that. Uh, that would have been a that. that would have been a cool reveal for him. You know, yeah. it, we would have had a little more screen time with him on the planet. We would have had a little more screen time with him being there when Han is killed by right. Ben. I mean, imagine the emotional impact of not only what had happened previously with with Ben becoming Kylo and killing the Jedi Order that Luke had built up, but now he just saw him kill his best friend and his right. sister is there with him. And yeah, whew, it would have been it would have been an emotional moment. It would have been an emotional moment to see yeah. that go down. But I Especially thought that was a really three, cool like, pitch. Not, even all, just all four of them. Chewie, mm. Han, Because Leia, Leia wasn't Luke. physically there. I would no. have had Leia there on Starkiller Base. Yeah. Put her in the thick of it. Put yeah. her in the mess. Right just there. Just one last time. Get in the Millennium Falcon with your... They never got married, did they? Han and uh, Leia? Yeah. I don't know if they ever refer to it as marriage or they just kind of had kids. I don't like know. a kid. Kid? Yeah, a yeah, kid. Maybe that was like part of my brain speaking maybe a out of like of goats, kids. Yeah, no, because I still have a loose theory that maybe Ray might be a solo. Uh, I really hope not. Okay. <laughs> well, that was my number one, <laughs> and that's how we would change the stars. That is the, yeah. the stars change, change the, the stars. stars. Yeah. Oh. What do you think of that? I like it. That's pretty good. I guess we can keep it as that a title. That's kind of catchy. No, no, I like it. It's fine. Catchy. It's fine. Yeah. You can yeah. stay my co-pilot. It's cool. All right, cool. I'm not getting kicked out. No, I'm, I'm you're, you're still in the cockpit. It's fine. Yeah, excellent. Well, hey, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. And that is a wrap on us. Changing the stars. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts like The 430 Movie, every Friday, in which a group of writers and producers curate fantasy theme weeks of classic movies, and Disco Nights, the ultimate Star Trek Discovery podcast available Sundays, and Glorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with a life, and Best Movies Never Made, Monday nights featuring filmmakers talking about their favorite unmade projects. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and you can follow us at TK on Twitter or TK on Instagram. 
Also, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network, including producers Natalie Michelli and Synthony Hodge and executive producers Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman. So until next Thursday, may the force be with you. And also with you. Always. Or at least for the next week. This is a production of the Electric Surge Network.